Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. So joyful to be in the presence of God. Not sure if you realized as we were worshipping and we sang the stronghold crumble. Did you get to hear the sound of crumbling? We said chains be broken. We prayed as well. As we worship chains break. Did you hear the sounds of chain breaking? Or did you think that when chains break there is no sound? There will be sound. I want the eyes of our heart to be open to see how God is working in this place. Because the God the mighty one is in our midst right here. And when he is here, chains break, there will be sound of it. There will be manifestation of it. There would be the evidences for the presence of God. Because that's what he is. When he spoke, there was. He said, let there be light and there was light. It has to be. There is no options there. It has to be. Because the great and mighty one has spoken. So when we worship today, there was this incense getting lifted up from this place. I'm not sure if you realized it or not. But for God, it was a pleasing aroma. And it was pleasing and it's delightful in God's sight. In the praises of his saints, he dwells. And so he is with us right here. So I am believing as we are waiting on the Lord to minister to us. I am believing there will be attestation of signs and wonder for his word. Because it's not my word. It's the word of the almighty God. It is his spoken word. When he spoke it happened. And so it will happen even today. And the saints of the Lord said... Amen. We believe it. And we want to see the manifestations of the word of God. And I'm believing that. I'm going to focus on one more Hebrew word. Last time we did. Shalom. And that's a great way to greet and pray and you know invoke the name of the Lord. Today we're going to see one more, one more Hebrew word. But it's a name, yeah, it's a name of the Lord. Bible says some boast in chariots. Some boast in horses. But we, the saints of the Lord, will boast in the name of the Lord. So we got to know the name or the names of the Lord. Proverbs says the name of the Lord is like a strong tower. Righteous runs into it and they are safe. Our refuge is in the name of the Lord. Romans 10, 13 says... Everyone, look outside. Everyone, that includes, that includes everyone, everyone that you know of, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Salvation is in no other name but in the name of Jesus. So there is something about the name of God. Psalms 9:10. And those who know your name 
put the trust in you. It is important that we get to learn and understand the name of the law. And we will put the trust in God because of our understanding of his name. Now Jesus did similar exercise with his disciples. One day he called his disciples and he asked them, what do people say the son of man is? What did disciples answer? Some say you are Elijah. Some say you are you know, Jeremiah. Some say you are prophet. So that was you know, the answer. Twelve of them were there. Jesus personalized that question to them and asked, who do you say I am? Out of twelve, one answered. Peter. And he said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. What happened to eleven? Peter had his personal revelation of who God is. This is my prayer today for everyone here. That you would go with a personal revelation of who God is. And a revelation of his name. And it is not just today. Let's make it a habit to seek him. To seek his name. To understand his nature from his name. That personal revelation is what we must have from his name. I want you to pay attention to understand one of his name. Because the Lord reveals his name. It's a progressive revelation of his name. There was a time he said, I am who I am. And to some he said, I am Jehovah Jireh. And he kept on revealing his name as he... he ...nature of God. And I believe if we were to get to understand the different natures and the attributes of God and understand different names, it will take us eternity. Because our God is an infinite God. He is mighty. He is all powerful. His attributes are limitless. His attributes are countless. They are beyond what we can think or even imagine. And that's why we might take an eternity to get to know different names of God. And every name describes a new attribute of God. Want to say amen to that? Because we don't believe in a God who is like any man. We are talking about God who is seated on the throne. Who was, who is and who will be forever. He, he is the great and mighty God who is exalted and lifted high. To whom all the 24 elders and the angels and, and, the, and the beings in the heaven and every name will bow before this God and declare that he is God. And there is worship day in and day out. Whether you like it or not, there is worship going on and on and on. Because this God is holy, holy, holy. He's set apart. He's not the way we think. He's far, 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 far beyond what we can think or even imagine. He's beyond what our finite mind can ever conceive. Put all the minds together in this place. We still cannot conceive who our God is. And this God is revealing himself to us. Because we are his children. And we carry his image. It is of great interest for our Lord to reveal himself to us. How many of you want a personal revelation of God? Can I hear amen to that? Father, we come to you. 
we humble ourselves, Lord. Lord, we confess we are not even worthy to talk about your name. But we come covered by the blood of Jesus. We come covered by the cloth of righteousness that Jesus gives. Lord, we cover ourselves with, with, with Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And we're trying to see a glimpse of your glory this, this day, O oh God. Reveal a glimpse of your glory to us. Help us hold fast to what you are revealing to us. We bless you, Father. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Prophet Zephaniah says, The Lord, your God, is in the midst of your people. And the God is mighty. This mighty God is with us here. When God revealed himself to Moses, God told in Exodus 3, 5, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. I believe this is holy ground. So let there be some reverential fear. Let's not take the name of the Lord in vain. And let's not take the name of the Lord and the presence of the Lord lightly. Let's not mess with the Lord. He is mighty in this place. And we're going to focus on one of his name, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. Jehovah Sabaoth. Tell with me. Jehovah Sabaoth. Loudly. Sabaoth. The Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. You're uttering the name of a mighty God with your lips. That's fine. God loves that. So, but do it boldly. Jehovah Sabaoth. This reference, the Lord of hosts, is mentioned more than 270 times in the Bible. And it is referred to in many instances in the Bible. There is something about this name. And that's something which I want to grasp today along with you. The Lord of hosts. Now when you say the host, it's not a very common word in English. And so many of us do not really understand what it means to call the Lord of hosts. Alright, so let's break this up. The Lord. The Lord is, he is the master, the king. In fact, Jehovah Sabaoth, Sabaoth in Hebrew, the Jewish would not even utter this word. Because out of reverential fear, they will not even spell that. Out of the reverential fear of God. What would they do? They will find an alternative nearest, closest word. And they used to call Adonai. Alright? But today as sons, we are calling him Jehovah Sabaoth. And, and we are talking about Lord. The Lord of hosts. Lord is Adonai. Which means he is the master. He is the king. Host is multitude. So he is the king of all multitudes. He's the king of multitudes. Anything that you see in multitude, he's the king over it. He's the king of angel armies, multitude of armies. He's the, he's the king of those armies. He's the king of heavenly armies, multitude of heavenly armies. He's the king over it. He's the king of us as a multitude. He's the king of us. Multitude of animals is the king over it. 
Multitudes of stars. He is the king over it. Multitudes of galaxies. He is the king over it. Multitudes of anything. He is the king. The Lord over it. Why? Because he created it. By one word he created it. He said let there be and there was. And because of which he is the creator. And as the creator he is the Lord. The king of multitude. You want to shout a hallelujah to this king? Don't you think it's worthy of worship? I believe this is enough for angels to just burst out of out of worship. How much more as sons to burst out into worship? We are not talking about you know somebody up there. We are not talking about a person in the upstairs. We are talking about the king of kings. If there are multitude of kings on this earth, he is the king of kings. He is the king of kings. He is the lord of hosts. He is the lord of hosts of angels. Both the good angels and the fallen angels. He is the lord of hosts. He is the lord of hosts of our principalities. Every forces of darkness. He is the lord of hosts. He is the Lord over them. For some time he has allowed them to be where they are. But one day he is going to take them back and pin them. So that they will not rule anymore. Because he is the Lord of multitudes. He is the, the great I am. He is called the Lord of angel armies. There are, there are angels as armies waiting for his command. And the moment there is a command... They just execute it. They just go after it. He is the Lord of angel armies. Can you shout that with me? Lord of angel armies. He is the Lord of Israel's troop. He is the Lord of heavenly armies. When Elisha prayed that his servant would see. When the servant had a doubt how can we fight this battle. Elisha prayed that servant's eyes be opened. And the eyes were opened. And what did he see? They were surrounded by angelic army. That's God sent angelic army. Because he's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of multitude. But I was thinking, does God really need an army? Because when he said, let there be and there was. If he says stop, it has to stop. Does God really need an army? What do you think? See, you fight with your equals. There is none, none, Absolutely nobody ever in the past, ever in the future can ever exist who can be anywhere closer to the Lord of hosts. So that he can be an equal to even have a war. It is such a gap. It is as big the gap between the nearest to come to God is such a big gap. Might be as big as as a gap as heaven is above the earth. There is no one closer to him. There is no one like him. There is no one who can be compared with him. 
So there is, there is nobody like him. There is absolutely no one who can be compared with him. Do you think it is right for him to get into a battle? No. That's why he's got his armies to fight for him. Not to fight for him. Armies who would go in his name. See, there was a situation where there was, you know, there was a large number of people ready to fight. God said, no. Just give me 300. That's enough. If you go in the name of the Lord of hosts, 300 is enough. There's another time he said, don't go with all these weapons and all. Just go, take your trumpet. Go and blow your trumpet. The standard of our God is very different. We don't need to go in the name of the Lord of hosts and carry some weapons. We don't have to. Because we are going on in the name of the Lord of hosts. The Lord of multitudes. We have been sent by the Lord of multitudes. So we don't carry, carry weapons. We carry trumpets. And we blow the trumpet. And the wall has to break down. The wall has to break down. And when wall breaks down, will there be a sound? Just like the strongholds that were broken today, there was sound. There will be sound. There would be evidences for everything that we do in the name of the Lord of the host. And these are signs and that brings glory to our God. So he has his angel armies who is, who is out there in the battle. And they're going in the name of the Lord of hosts. And what do they do? They bring glory to the Lord then he said, why taking trumpet? Just take a sling and a stone. That's enough. So he told, why so many people? One teenager is enough. Any teenagers in the house? No teenagers? You're enough. With a sling. With a stone. In fact, if David would not have hit in that direction... Just imagine, he would have hit in a different direction. What do you think would have happened? The Lord of hosts will get the stone all around and still hit the Goliath. It was not the skill of David. It was the name in which he went that made the difference. So when you go in the name of the Lord of hosts, you don't need weapons. You just might need a sling and a stone. Because we are going in the name of the Lord of hosts, the Lord of multitudes, multitudes, multitude of armies, multitude of people, multitude of stars. He is Lord over everything. Probably he thought that's, that's not good enough. To reveal the glory of the Lord, of course. He said, next time you go, don't take any of this. Don't even take a sling. Just use the word. Just say, I command you in the name of Jesus. That's enough. And you don't have to scream like the way I'm screaming now. You don't have to. You can just gently say, I command you in the name of Jesus to leave. 
See, David fought, fought with Goliath. Flesh and blood. What did Jesus do? He reversed it. He said, don't even think about fighting flesh and blood. Don't even think about fighting Goliaths. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're the son of the Lord of hosts. you got to be crushing the spirit behind Goliaths. Once you bind the spirit behind Goliaths, you're not just crushing one Goliath. You're crushing all the Goliaths because the spirit behind Goliaths is bound. I expected some amen here. Digest it. Digest it. We don't need a sling. We don't need a stone. We're going in the name of the Lord of hosts. And when we go in the name of the Lord of hosts, we declare his word. We go in the name of the Lord of hosts. We invoke the name of the Lord of hosts. We're going with authority given by the Lord of hosts. Then we're no more fighting flesh and blood with somebody. We are fighting spiritual principalities. Every, every stronghold must bow down to this Lord of hosts. Every spirit of darkness, every principalities must bow down. Must bow down. Why? Because we are going in the name of the Lord of hosts. Can you shout Jehovah Sabaoth? Ah, shout like a warrior, please. See, God wants to reveal His glory through us. And He started this exercise from the burning bush. In the burning bush situation, the bush was burning. And that revealed the glory of God to Moses. And it was an encounter with God from that burning bush. But the bush did not burn. There was a fire around that bush. That was revelation about God. That there is fire in his presence. And as people progressively started to know God. They started to call fire from heaven. Because they knew the Lord will ascend. And the Lord will bring fire. And they started to call fire from heaven. And the the... the Sacrifices were accepted. There was a fire from heaven. But when the Holy Spirit came upon his people, in Acts chapter 2, the fire of God came upon? The fire of God came upon? Come on. Fire of God came upon all of them in that upper room. 120 of them. They were having tongues of fire. And that multitude was revealing the glory of God. The fire was on his army. On his army. They were on fire for God. And I'm believing we're getting into a season where every soul who is hearing this word, every soul who is knowing the Lord of hosts will have such a thrust on this Lord of hosts, will be on fire for God. Will be on fire for God. You will burn like the burning bush and reveal the glory of God. Because we have been sent by the Lord of hosts. We have been sent by the Lord of hosts. Because this Lord of hosts is almighty. He is all powerful. The Lord of angel armies. The Lord of heavenly armies. He is mighty. See it sounds very simple when we say almighty. 
But I want you to grasp the depth of it. This almighty. There is none mighty like him. There is none who can be ever compared to his mightiness. Ever. There is none who can dare to come close to him. He is mighty. He is all powerful. And his powerfulness is not for a season. He was, he is and he used to be forever. He is all powerful. That's the Lord of hosts. He is a sovereign God. He rules over everything. He is self-existent. He was not created. He was. He's self-existent. He is an everlasting God. He's eternal. Everything about this Lord of hosts is eternal. His love is eternal. His love is everlasting. His grace is everlasting. His faithfulness is everlasting. So is his sovereignty is everlasting. His power is everlasting. His might is everlasting. It's not seasonal. There is no beginning point or no end point for this God of hosts. Everything about him is eternal. He is infinite in every aspect. He is infinite. He is limitless. He is measureless. He is boundless. I don't think English has words enough to describe him. He is beyond our language too. Whatever we might be describing, I am describing it with trampling. Because I know I would be saying wrong after this. Because, because this words, this English are so finite and so human created. It has to, it requires a heavenly language to describe this heavenly God. And that's why sometimes when we speak in tongues and worship in tongues, we know we are declaring the majesty and the splendor of God. Because he's beyond our language. He's beyond our comprehension. His sovereignty is, is limitless. There is no limit to him. We cannot measure him. There is no instrument. There is nothing in this world that can measure anything about God. Anything about God. At sometimes when we read, when we speak, we speak as if we know how to measure God's love. No, we cannot. He's measureless. He's limitless. He's boundless. His kingship as a Lord of hosts, Lord of multitudes, as a Lord, the king over everything. His kingship is limitless. There is no boundary for his kingship. There is no, there is, there is nothing that you can measure about his kingship. He's beyond all of them. His, his, his name as the Lord of hosts is the name of authority. He's the Lord of hosts. That means he has the final say about anything. Be it any multitude, he has the final say. He's sovereign. He's omnipresent. So his sovereign rule is not just for some patches. He's, he's omnipresent. And that's why Samuel says, where can I go away from your spirit? If I go up there, you're there. If you have come down to the depths, you're there. There your right hand will hold me. He's everywhere. At sometimes we treat this mighty God as somebody like a human being. We cannot do that. I'm believing, I'm praying that the revelation about him 
increase us and we grow in that revelation that there would be a reverential fear. I understand that he is the father. I understand his love. I understand in him there is freedom. But I also want us to know that he is mighty. He is all powerful. He is a God of justice. He is a God of wrath. And he is everything at all times. And all these attributes are infinite. Are limitless. He's beyond what we can think or even imagine. And that's the Lord of hosts. He's sovereign. He's got ultimate authority in everything. And he's got the final say. His kingdom cannot be shaken. His, His kingdom has been established and it cannot be shaken. He's Jehovah Sabaoth. He's Jehovah Sabaoth. I want to take a minute to worship this Jehovah Sabiah. Do you think it's worthy of worship? Yes. Yes? Yes. In your own way, lift up your hands. If you want to stand, you can stand, but that's a good sign of reverence. In your own way. If you think he's indescribable, use the Spirit's language. If you think you can describe him in English, please do so. But I want to lift up worship, worship unto this mighty God. I want to lift up worship unto this mighty God. He is the Lord of armies. He is the Lord of troops. He is the Lord of angel armies. He is the Lord over every power, every principalities. He is the Lord. He was, He is, and He is forever. And ever, and ever, and ever, and ever. And He is infinite in everything. He is eternal. He is everlasting. He is forever. He is forever. And He rules everything. Everywhere, at all times, he is under his control. He is in charge. He is seated on the throne. And his throne is established. He is seated in majesty. He is seated in splendor. His glory fills the earth. His glory fills the heaven. There is none who can be compared with him. There is none closer to him. There is no one like him. All the names must bow before this great name. All the principalities will bow before this this great name. Every sickness must bow. Every deception must bow. Every curse must bow. Everything from the power of darkness must bow. Before this great and mighty, the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Shabbat. Jehovah Shabbat. Jehovah Shabbat. The Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts, the Lord of angel armies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and give a shout of hallelujah to the king. Hallelujah to the Lord of hosts. Jehovah Shabbat, the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. 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 Oh Lord, you're worthy of worship, Father. You're worthy of worship. We worship you, Father. Give Lord a loud clap offering and take your seat. <laughs> Hallelujah.
We'll just go through one part of the scripture in 1 Samuel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ruhaka zibala handeri zaba. In 1 Samuel is the first mention of the Lord of hosts. The first Samuel. First Samuel chapter 1. Is the first mention. Is the situation where Joshua brings the Israelites very close to the promised land. And then there was a period where it was ruled by judges and God was the king over Israel. But Israel could not accept God as the king. Why? Because they looked into the neighboring kingdoms and they all had their own king. And therefore they want somebody, a local king there. And they asked God or they asked the judges that we want a king. But in the midst of this there was a family was, where the man was named Elkanah. And then and verse 3, this is the first mention of the Lord of hosts. This man would go up from his city early to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Silo. Lord of hosts would mean Lord of armies. That means they believed God as the king over their life. When the neighboring kingdoms do not believe that, when many Israelites do not believe that, there was one family who believed in the Lord of hosts. I am believing that the body of Christ who is hearing this word, we are reinforcing this in the body of Christ. There might be many who does not agree with the Lord of hosts, but we are the, the children of God who knows and believes in the Lord of hosts. Can I hear amen for that? Do you believe in the Lord of hosts? In spite of what's happening, all the confusions and the wars and whatever, in the midst of all it, we as the body of Christ, we believe in the mighty Lord of hosts, the Lord of angel armies. Now this man Elkanah had two wives. That's not scriptural. Alright? So don't take this as a word from the pulpit. You will actually read through in chapter 1 the consequences of having two wives. So don't even dare to do that. But he did that. Why? Where did he learn that? From the neighboring kingdoms. He knew the Lord as the king, but he also welcomed some of the practices from the neighboring kingdoms. Verse 5, verse 6. Can we read 1 Samuel 1 verse 6. Just stay with me and with this we will pray and close. 1 chapter 1. 1 Samuel 1 verse 6. This is Hannah, one of, her, one of his wife, who did not have a children. And Hannah, her rival, that is the other wife, however would provoke her bitterly to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. She recognized that the Lord had closed her womb. What does that mean? She knew the Lord of hosts is the sovereign God. He decides which womb to be opened, which womb to be closed. Did you see that? Hannah recognized that the Lord has closed her womb. But there was a person, her rival. Rival would mean enemy. So she saw her as enemy. Would provoke her bitterly to irritate her. Because the Lord had closed her womb. It's not just many areas in our life that we might be 
provoked by others. We might be provoked for spiritual children. We might be provoked for, for the hand of God. We might be provoked to see the manifestation of God's word. We might be provoked to because you have started to believe in Jesus. We might be provoked because you are walking as a disciple of Christ. We might be provoked. You might be provoked for many things. I don't know. But I want you to think about it. What are you being provoked for? Her bitterly to irritate her. There is something that is an irritant for her. Is there something that is irritating you? Don't look at me like that please. I feel that I am the irritant now. Think about it. Is there something that is irritating you? Something that is concerning you? Something that is provoking you? I want you to think about it. We will fight with that. 7. Verse 7. It, it happened year after year. So this provoking, this irritation did not happen just for a few days. Something that might be bothering you for years together. For years together. It happened year after year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord. And every time she went to the house of the Lord. That's where provocation increased. Could happen with you too. Every time you come for, the, for, for, a, uh, for a gathering. For the church gathering. There might be somebody who is provoking you. Might be somebody who is irritating you. Alright. She would provoke her. And she so she wept and would not eat. Who? Hannah wept and would not eat. Verse 8. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Somebody sent me a WhatsApp message telling, today is men's day. Is there a day like that? Yeah? But if it is there, then this is the word for the men. When a woman is crying, never ask her, why are you crying? Because most often they also don't have an answer. Okay? And even if you ask that, don't ever say, am I not better than ten sons? This is the last thing to ask. He took it personal and he thought it is about him. It's not about you. It is about God's purposes. It is about God's plan for Hannah. She was desperate. She was crying. She was telling as if, give me children or I die. That was the desperation. She would have tried every other means, but nothing is happening. And Elkanah, her husband, thought, am I not better than ten sons? You know what's the response to such a question? How will the lady respond to it? Anyone? Read verse 9. Then Hannah rose, arose and she walked away from that place. So if you ask a lady, why you are crying, why you are not eating or drinking, am I not better than 10 sons? You won't even get a response. You might just get to see that she, is, she arose and she left. But some men might intentionally ask that because she will arose and she will go. Now don't even do that. Actually, it should be Elkanah who is supposed to do what Hannah is doing. I'll, I'll come to that. Then Hannah rose after eating and drinking. Okay, then Hannah rose after eating and drinking. This is not merrymaking. She was in the house of the Lord. One third of the sacrifice is a feast for people. And so she feasted on what was sacrificed to the Lord. Now the priest was sitting on the seat for the doorpost. 
Verse 10. She, she greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord, wept bitterly. Because she knew the Lord of hosts. How do I know that? Verse 11. She made a vow and said, Oh Lord of hosts, you might have hit your, your, your all options. You have come to the end of your rope. You are desperate. You would have tried different things in your life. You would have seen different, different things that's not working. And you might be thinking, what's happening with me? I want you to do exactly what Hannah did. She rose, she went to the house of the Lord, she took part in the sacrifice, went to the Lord, wept bitterly, and then she cried out to the Lord of hosts. She invoked the name of the Lord of hosts. She declared that you are the sovereign God over all multitude. She recognized that in a time when Israel was not believing in a king. In a time where there was so much of confusion between the other kingdoms and Israel as a kingdom. She rose and she went to the Lord's presence and she called the Lord of hosts. Jehovah Shabbat. And if you are, if you are facing a challenge, if you are, you come to the end of the rope and you are feeling that I don't have an option. I feel barren. I am being provoked. I am being irritated. I am being tormented. I am being given false, con- false, uh, mm. wait, 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 wait. What did Elkanah do? I have been given false comfort. Elkanah said, I am not enough. That's a false comfort. I have been given false comfort so that I don't pray. If you are going through such false comfort, I want you to do exactly what Hannah did. Arise from that place. Go to the Lord of hosts. She went to the Lord of hosts and she prayed a prayer. She made a vow and she said, Lord, remember me. Lord of hosts, remember me. Lord of hosts, In the king of multitudes. Remember me. Verse 19 says. The Lord. Remembered. You see the Lord of hosts. Did not need to do. Big. You know drama stuff. She prayed remember me. God. Remembered. That's it. The battle is won. She gave birth to Samuel, one of the prophets who led David into the lineage of Jesus Christ. One of the greatest prophets who heard the voice of God when he was seven years old. Don't have to do much because he's the Lord of hosts, the Lord of multitude. He, he can utter a word, great. He can even remember, that's enough. That's our Lord of hosts. And we are coming to this Lord of hosts. And I'm believing this is a season of birthing. As I was waiting on the Lord, praying for this, barrenness has to move. Barrenness has to stop. Barrenness, physical, spiritual, barrenness has to stop. Because we belong to the Lord of hosts. He's looking for people who know the Lord. Those who know the Lord will do great exploits. And He's calling us to do great exploits. And He wants He wants a group of people who would know the Lord of hosts, the Lord of multitudes. The Lord of hosts, the Lord of multitudes. 
There's one more reference and then I will go into a time of prayer. 1 Samuel 17. I refer to this as David facing Goliath. I want you to do that scripture. And then we will close. <laughs> Goliath, who is like a giant, big fellow, and is screaming out. And he says to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistines cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine also said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. You see how torment is happening? You see how accusation is happening? You see how they're challenging, challenging the one who knows the Lord of hosts. Actually, sometimes I thought, actually David did not have to fight Goliath. He just, it's not worth the battle also. Because a lot of hosts is big. But he provoked, he provoked by blaspheming the name of God. So if somebody provokes the, and blasphemes the name of God, does not treat the name of God in, with reverence, it should irritate us. And if it is not irritating us, I want you to welcome you to know the Lord. When he blasphemed God's name, that's when David said to the Philistine, verse 45, 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 45 can you read that loudly with me trust me he did not say like this trust me he did not say like this because if you know the Lord of hosts you will not read the scripture like this alright he would have had an eye contact with this giant and I want you to have your eye contact with the giant that is tormenting you. Any giants, anything that is holding you from God's purposes, from God's birth plans for you, anything that is stopping God's best for you, I want you to give an eye contact to the principalities and the powers of darkness and tell, you come to me with sword, you come to me with spear, and you come to me with javelin, you might come with curse. You might come with lies. You might come with deception. You might come with torment. You might come with sickness. You come anyways. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have taunted. And then he uses this sling. It was not the sling. It was not the stone. It was the name of the Lord of hosts. And the same name of the Lord of hosts is given to us. It's the same name is the name of Jesus. That every time we use the name of Jesus, we don't go with a sword or a spear or a, or a shield. We go in the name of Jesus. Everything that is standing against you, must bow down. Every name that is rising up against you must bow down. Every curse that is spoken on you must bow down. Every word that has been spoken to you 
must bow down. Everything that is hindering you must bow down. Everything that is causing you to get away from the plans of God must bow down. Every sickness must bow down. Every every sin must bow down. Because they do not belong to the army of God. And God wants to reveal His glory through this army. He wants to reveal the fire of God through this army. And the, the Lord is asking like Hannah, Arise! 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 And fight in the name of the Lord of hosts. Can we all stand up? We'll pray together. Worship. Let worship. Let's worship this King. Hallelujah. Ruha Kazdimana Handeri Bulkabara Shibana. Oh Lord, my God. Kamana Hazimana Handeri Ribe. When I in awesome wonder, Jesus, consider all the works that. take away our life through sin Jesus came and he died on our behalf he paid a price for us and he he engaged in that battle very differently by giving his own life that he transferred us from a dominion of darkness into a dominion of life light and he called us adopted us to be his sons into his family and made us his own. And then on the cross, you know how he fought this battle? He just used three words. He said, it is finished. That's how God, the Lord, our host, the Lord of hosts, fights the battle. He just says the word, it is finished. When the storm came against the, 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 the boat in which Jesus was, he just said, that's how he fights the battle in the multitude of galaxies, multitude of stars, multitude of people, multitude of armies. He just has to use a, a, an expression. He just has to use a phrase. 
He just has to remember you. I want to read a verse from Revelation. This is the final battle. In the final battle, there is a multitude of of heaven. There is a multitude from the forces of darkness. And that's when Jesus comes in. Verse 17. Then the seventh angel poured out his bow upon the air. And a loud voice, a loud voice. When there is a presence of God, there is a loud voice that came out of the temple from the throne saying, It is done. It is done. When the Lord of hosts battles, He just says it is finished. Or He says it is done. Or He says, Shh. That's how the Lord of hosts battles. He is mighty. He is beyond what you can think. He is powerful. He is almighty. He is sovereign. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And this Lord deserves our best worship. So let's lift it up with a reverential fear unto this God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. you anything that is that is coming your way every depression any sickness any sinful nature cyclical sins anything that you're feeling that you have come to the end of the road you've come to you have used all your options there is nothing left we want to invoke the name of the Lord of hosts and not me you are going to invoke the name of the Lord of hosts Because you are his armies. You are his army. You are his army. And he will reveal his glory through you. When you speak the name of the Lord of hosts. He will remember you. And you will witness that the Lord remembered me. Right now, look into the eyes of that Goliath in your life. And tell, and tell this to the Goliaths. Tell this to principalities. You come with a shield. You come with a sword. You come with javelin. But I come in the name of the Lord of hosts. The Lord of angel armies. Hallelujah. 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 You will see. You will see. See the mighty hand of God and you will birth. Barrenness is gone. It's the time of fruit bearing. Fruit bearing. Fruit bearing. I sense there are people who are in debts. 
I invoke the name of the Lord of hosts. The Lord of multitudes. Everything belongs to Him. He will make a way for you. The Lord of hosts will cancel the debts in your life. Struggling for sickness for years. Might be struggling for some sickness for years together. Like Hannah, tell it. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Arise. Arise. And go to the Lord of hosts. And say in the name of the Lord of hosts. In the name of Jesus. The sickness has to bow down. The sickness has to bow down. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. I put a hedge of covering over this place. Every soul be covered by the blood of Jesus. Be covered by the name of the Lord of hosts. No weapon formed against you will prevail. We cancel every scheme of the devil in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want you to go in the might like a mighty warrior. Mighty warrior. Because God who is in our midst is mighty. We are his children. We are mighty in him. Go in the might of Jesus. Do great exploits for the Lord. Because you belong to the Lord of hosts. Jehovah Sabiah. Declare his name again. Jehovah Shabbat. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.